0: Hello and welcome back to the Talking Sense podcast. In the first episode of this series, we explained that Talking Sense is a project held in conjunction with the Ashmolean Museum, and it's a project all about thinking about the senses in a museum setting in relation to objects on permanent exhibits. In episode two, we took you through what one of the workshop days felt like in the Talking Sense project. And in the following podcasts, we'll be giving you recordings of the gallery talks, which are the culmination of the Talking Sense project.
1: In this episode, we'll be hearing from Helena Guzik, a default candidate in the history of art. She was paired with Hugo Shakeshaft, a junior research fellow in classics, and their topic was altered states of body, the power of the senses in ritual and revelry. From ancient drinking parties to modern pilgrimages, objects have the power to transform us. Hugo and Helena explore how a Greek symposium cup and Indian pilgrimage stamps engage the senses to alter the body. And here we have Helena talking about Indian pilgrimage stamps.
0: I'm Helena Guzik. I'm a doctoral student here at Oxford in the History of Art Department, and I work normally on early modern pilgrimages in Italy. This is the second in a pair of talks about the power of objects to transform the body. So if you haven't already listened to Hugo's episode, I'd encourage you to pause this and go learn about an Athenian Symposium cup, and then come back. And on with the show. So we've explored the concept of community in ancient Greece albeit maybe in a slightly more irreverent way than we're about to, I want to turn our attention to a different kind of communal ritual, which is that of pilgrimage. And that's because as far as rituals go, pilgrimages are one of the oldest practices shared by most major world religions, dating from antiquity to the present day. This multiplicity makes offering a single definition tricky, but pilgrimage can be broadly understood as an intentional journey to a site of particular significance often involving some sort of spiritual development on the part of the Pilgrim. These journeys, which are usually devotional in nature, can take many forms depending on the culture and historical era in which they occur. They could involve traveling a very long distance, or they might be shorter trips to sites close to home. They might dictate particular stops along a route, or be entirely focused on a single destination. There might be specific prayers or devotional acts to perform along the way or at the destination site, or simply making the journey might be sufficient. Likewise, the motivations for making pilgrimages can be various. They could be a requirement of your faith, as the Hajj to Mecca is for Muslims. They might be done proactively to seek divine assistance in, say, curing a disease. They can be either positively or negatively retroactive, as in giving thanks for the birth of a child or asking forgiveness for one's sins. What is common across pilgrimage traditions is a participation in community. It's standard for pilgrims to travel in groups and for particular times of the year to attract many pilgrims all journeying towards a shared goal. Even if the pilgrim walks alone, he or she traces the footsteps of the generations of pilgrims that came before and anticipates the generations that will come after this belonging to a larger group involves a signaling of identity, whether through the clothing or accessories adopted or discarded, the actions performed along the way, or the ways in which we mark our bodies as reminders to ourselves and to others that we are pilgrims. Which brings us to India and the three pilgrim stamps we have before us. These intricate brass stamps are all from India from the second half of the 19th century. It's worth mentioning that India is a rich tapestry of coexisting religions with sites of significance often shared between them, but stamps like these are most often associated with the Hindu faith. We don't have time, in the short span of this talk, to go into the complex history of Hinduism, but it's worth mentioning that it's a polytheistic religion, meaning that practitioners can worship multiple gods, but might feel a personal connection to a particular god, or seek the blessings of a specific deity in relation to different life events. One way of soliciting those blessings would be to travel to a site associated with that deity, perform the appropriate devotions, and seek intercession in person. So stamps like these would have been available to pilgrims at the temples or shrines they visited. Each stamp consists of a matrix bearing the design in relief, attached to a handle roughly four centimeters long. The surface of the stamp would be pressed into a colored paste or powder, then applied to the skin, possibly to the forearms or chest, but usually the forehead, as this is considered in Hinduism to be a particularly pure part of the body. The mark that the stamp left behind was called tilak. Tilaks are not exclusive to pilgrims and can be used to signal other types of identity as well, but the mark received while on a pilgrimage conveys the blessings that the pilgrim has received from the particular deity associated with the pilgrimage site. Even the pastes and powders applied with the stamps had particular connotations. Devotees of the goddess Shakti, for example, use an iconic red powder made from turmeric. What's immediately clear about these stamps, even though they're now arranged very stoically behind glass, is that these were objects that were meant to be used. It's not difficult to imagine holding the stamp's handle securely between one's thumb and forefingers and pressing the intricately incised surface to our skin. Through that contact, we'd be able to discern and focus on the shape of the stamp, the pressure, the temperature of the metal, or even the smell of the powder, which was often made from aromatic substances like spices, sandalwood, clay, or charcoal, we then carry the product of that experience, the colored mark on our skin, as an outward signal to others of our internal intentions and our liminal identity. Stamps have a long association with pilgrimages of various faiths, given their usefulness for certifying where the pilgrim has been. In fact, today, if you were to set off on the Camino de Santiago in northern Spain or the Via Francigena to Rome in Italy, the stamps would act like verification in a passport that you would be issued, where you would be able to mark along the way each town that you had visited. What's different about these stamps is that they were not intended to be inked and used on a certificate or a log of the journey. Rather, they were used directly on the body, transferring symbols or words associated with the shrine to the pilgrim's skin. The interaction, therefore, is much more intimate, personal, and sensorially charged. In fact, there are accounts to suggest that there is an older tradition, probably predating these particular stamps, of heating the metal and using them as brands on the pilgrim's skin. This practice would bring an intensely painful sensory experience to the pilgrimage, and would involve permanently marking the body, which taps into traditions of suffering and asceticism that have often been associated with the most devout of pilgrimages. Even in their current method of use though, with the more temporary powders, to use the stamp is to take on the symbol as part of your body and change the image you present to the world, even if only for a moment. Pilgrimages, by their very nature, are often experiences that transform the body, whether through intentional or circumstantial deprivation, through injuries sustained while journeying, and through strength and endurance built over the course of a long pilgrimage these transformations can heighten our awareness of our physical selves and our place in the world, even as we contemplate the metaphysical. In fact, whether it's through interactions with objects or merely participating in the pilgrimage itself, the pilgrim's body acts as a vehicle for contact with the divine, and the senses are an integral part of that experience. Particularly in Hindu pilgrimages, where there is a strong tradition of imbuing geographic locations and natural features with divine significance, the physical presence of the pilgrim at such places matters immensely. Unlike other religions, which might encourage constricting or suppressing one's senses so as not to be distracted from the divine, Hinduism recognizes the integral role that our senses play in worship when they're properly directed. The concept of darshan, of beholding, of fostering a visual connection between ourselves and a venerated deity, relies on deliberate sensory engagement. These stamps are excellent sensory conduits, guiding our attention through pressure, through shape, through temperature, and visually in the mark they leave behind on the body to the concepts they connote. That directional aid, however, is inherently temporary. The immediate sensations of interacting with the stamp subside quickly, and Unlike a stamp preserved in a book or on a certificate, the powder forming the pattern will gradually wear off the body with time. In this way, the life cycle of the stamped image echoes the liminal nature of pilgrimage itself. Pilgrims can only claim their identity temporarily. Once the journey is complete, that identity fades away. For a brief period of time, the pilgrim stamp allows the body to be a conduit to the divine. Now it can be easy to assume because we're looking at objects that are over 100 years old and displayed in a museum that these stamps are squarely in the purview of the past. However, it might change how we think about them to know that metal stamps like these are still used today. A 2004 travel memoir written by Rosemary Mahoney describes meeting a man who would sell such stamps to interested pilgrims and tourists. She writes, quote, in the hip pocket of his trousers Jaga carried a little box that he called his pocket business, a set of vials full of colored powders and steel stamps. When he found an interested customer, he would sell the set for 200 rupees. One day, as we sat on the steps of the Varanasi post office, he showed me how the kit worked. The stamps, like little branding irons, were dipped into the colorful powder, then firmly pressed to the skin. When they were withdrawn, a bright tattoo of powder was left behind. In the history of studying pilgrimage, there's been a tendency to preference the interior motivations of pilgrims and the beliefs associated with the journeys they undertook, but there's increasing interest in focusing on the material and the sensory aspects of pilgrimage as well. And this broadening attention makes sense, because however much they may be prompted by an interest in the metaphysical, pilgrimages are, at the end of the day, physical experiences. They engage our senses fully and they demand that we use our bodies as means of accessing the immaterial, the transcendent, the divine. Sensory interactions with objects, like these pilgrim stamps, are key to this endeavor, guiding our focus, highlighting our intentions, and underscoring our devotional efforts. Pilgrimage objects thus provide a small but a powerful bridge, via our senses, between the physical and the spiritual.
1: Further reading about this podcast and all of the podcasts in this series, please see the attached bibliographies in the show notes. Music for the show was by David Hillowitz Moment of Truth Piano Version, provided by FreemusicArchive.org.
0: This podcast was presented, edited, and produced by me, Christy Calloway Gale.
1: And me, Johnny
0: Lawrence. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.